Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Pragmatic Investor. My guest today is my weekly stock, a fellow Substack author and technical analyst. I've been following my weekly stock for some time on Substack, and I'm pretty impressed with the kind of content he puts out. He definitely has a great command of technical analysis, so I thought it would be a great chance today to bring him on the show and tell us about what his system is, how he thinks about trading and investing in stocks, his general outlook for the market, and even his thoughts on crypto and Bitcoin. I really enjoyed this conversation. I thought it had a really good flow. We really got into some details of technical analysis. So if you're into that, I think you'll definitely enjoy this conversation. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow my weekly stock on Substack. The link will be on the description. And of course, if you're not already subscribed to The Pragmatic Investor, go ahead and follow me on Spotify, Substack, or YouTube, wherever you're watching. I do plenty more stuff on Substack and other videos on YouTube. And as always, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. All right, welcome to the show, my weekly stock. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here and uh, and, and have this uh, conversation together. Awesome. Well, to get started, first of all, for anyone who isn't familiar with your work, tell us a little bit about how you got started on Substack and what you've been kind of doing over the last uh, few years on Substack. Yeah, sure, sure. So I actually started my uh, Substack, so my weekly stock, uh, back in January 2022. So it's uh, like yeah, right uh, two years. Um, I mean, I learned about Substack because I've, I was subscribed to uh, to a couple of one, uh, especially Bitcoin. You had like some famous uh, Bitcoin uh, analysts that had the Substack at the time. So mm. uh, and so as I was working into like my uh, kind of strategy that we, I'm sure, we'll talk a little bit later about that. I, I kind of thought I will uh, I will use Substack and uh, and just you know start writing and send the uh, send the emails uh, on there directly uh, and so uh, funny enough is I started Substack and before anything else so I didn't have Twitter page or Instagram page or any social media presence so mm-hmm. I started directly on Substack uh, I just and just writing so I was the original idea was like sending a one stock pick recommendation per week. And uh, and that's how that's how it started. So I, I created my strategy, and I just started sending those emails at the beginning to five people. But uh, yeah, uh, you ju- you just have to start somewhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's obviously uh, the hardest part is that you know that beginning where you kind of just you know write it into the void almost. But it's obviously very satisfying once you build up a bit of an audience, which mm-hmm. you have. Now you mentioned, of course, uh, you basically send out. You started off by sending out a weekly. Uh, stock pick using your strategy. Tell us a bit more about your strategy. I know that you kind of use momentum, maybe could say different forms of technical analysis. Um, yeah, what is your kind of uh, strategy when it comes to yeah. stock picking? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, I, I would say like um, my strategy is very about like momentum, as you said. So it's really trying to capture uh, powerful trend, uh, both on the short term and long term. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I would say it leans a lot on technical analysis, but I the word I prefer is more like quantitative. So, uh, in the sense of I'm trying to basically remove like a psychological bias and use like hard data to kind of take trading decisions. So, so for example, on my main strategy, uh, the one that I started, where I send 
one stock per week uh, to buy based on momentum. Uh, so it's really, I'm basically looking at different performance indicator, like how was the stock performance in the past months, in the past three months, mm-hmm. how far are we versus the one year high, basically, and some other like, you know, the performance data. And based on that, I've built like a own, my own kind of algorithm, but it's just basically for a way to to rank stocks uh, within a specific uh, sub-universe. So in my case, I, I trade mostly the Dow Jones stocks, so it's like 30 stocks. And I basically use all those indicators to rank the stocks among the among the 30. And uh, and basically the best one, are, that's the one I trade during the week. So so you see, it's, uh, I mean, it's more like, uh, as I said, it's more like quantitative uh, uh, quantitative approach. approach. Uh, and so that's, that's the main, uh, let's say, strategy I started. Now I've been expanding since then. Uh, in different way, but still always on the momentum. So it's just about finding stocks that are doing very well recently with the idea of that they will continue doing uh, well in the future. So that, that's the simple way of seeing uh, momentum uh, in, a, in a simple world, let's say. Mm-hmm. So getting into it a little bit more, yeah. when we talk about momentum, what kind of indicators would you say you use more frequently to kind of let you know where that momentum is going? Yeah. Um, so the uh, f- for me, like the moving average has been uh, like uh, the the main one I've been using, uh, especially to assess the trend as you as we talking. You know, to to see like is the momentum going away. Uh, moving averages are, are the one that are the most. Any particular what, what yeah. time frames for the moving averages? So so it depends. So from uh, let's say uh, for trading, uh, I'm I'm usually using the four hour chart or the daily chart. Uh, I'm not a day trader, I mean, because it's, uh, you know, I have a, I have a full-time job also on the side and uh, I don't want to spend my time glued on the screen uh, yeah. to, to check the prices. <laughs> so um, so I'm usually more like into swing trade, you know, like, so I will take a position for a couple of weeks to a month and uh, and get out. And usually, so I use the four hour, four hour or the daily time frame. And in terms of specific uh, moving average, I use exponential moving average. Uh, and usually the nine and twenty-one. Now, honestly, let's uh, for me this is like a, you know you, my advice to people on this is you need to study and see what works for you. I don't think the nine and twenty-one is specifically the best in the world or have some magic behind it. That's the one that uh, for me I found that have uh, uh, works for me. But uh, I, I think you, anybody you need to see what fits for you. You know, with your style, with your time frame. Uh, um, and and so on. So, but that's mostly what I use. Uh, funny enough, recently I've been also using this uh, for long-term investing, actually, and uh, and that works quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I use actually the weekly chart uh, to do that. And um, I realized also over time that uh, you know the more longer time frame you use, the better I feel about it actually, because uh, you know the trends are cleaner. Uh, it's less work, uh, you know, to get in and out position and so on. So I'm, I'm more and more extending my, uh, <laughs> let's say, horizon on, on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you say, it makes a lot of sense. You have to kind of find what works for you. There's a lot of different things that can work. The important thing is, of course, kind of sticking to an actual process, which, you know, a lot of people, I think, they're just kind of yeah. grabbing onto something that can work. It works for a little bit, then they stop. It doesn't work, so... That's definitely one of the challenges. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I think you know, I, I have, last year I like I tried to make a couple of posts on Instagram about that. Like, 
people spend a lot of time talking about strategy. Like, you know, everybody wants to find the the perfect golden strategy that uh, that's going to make them uh, reach overnight. I mean, and for me, like I'm trying to explain to people that this this is, doesn't exist. I mean, uh, and like what I use is not is maybe not the best strategy, but what's important is what you build around that, which is what are your system, how you're going to execute, do you have the discipline to make it work? Uh, and like honestly, this is why I like back to the, my point on the um, on the exponential moving average. Is it the nine or the ten or the fifteen? Like honestly, almost it doesn't matter. I mean, right. Study like you know me. What I've done is. I studied, I backtest, I looked at uh, how the strategies work in the past. I looked at different type of uh, stocks or tickers, ETF, and see which one responds best to that strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then based on that, I build uh, a system, you know, and uh, we can go into more detail uh, on, on this later on. But for me, this is the part that is more important is, okay, once you have one, uh, one strategy is fine, but then it's like, how are you going to make it work on a you know, day in, day out, uh, how you're going to size your position, what type of uh, risk management you're going to put in place, are you going to be able to, um, you know, to respect that, uh, and so on. And and this is the, the hardest part in trading, right? I mean, uh, ultimately, yeah. I mean... Dis- discipline and emotional control, perhaps. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And and if we lose if you use a, if we use a simple example I mean like the 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 easiest strategy in the let's say in the world is a simple buy and hold mm-hmm. of the S and P five hundred let's say so you just buy the index every month and you hold it forever okay this is a simple strategy that has proven record but now you look in reality many people are not even able to execute that strategy because you get you know all the negative news ah the stocks are all time high. The Fed is not is not going to cut the rate. Just to take the example of this week, and you know, I have friends over that like they are investing for forty years uh, with a forty years horizon, and they don't want to touch. And now they are starting to think, oh, I should sell all all my all my index because the uh, because of the environment and the reality. This is this is the reality. So the strategy is one thing, but if even the simplest strategy you're not able to execute it because of Ultimately, the two basic uh, feelings that drives the market, which are fear and greed, mm-hmm. uh, that that's yeah, that's that's for me the biggest uh, the biggest issue, and and this is what we need to to work on as as trader and investor, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That that's that's very true. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about technical analysis. We kind of yeah. talked a little bit on it as well. Kind of how it relates a little bit to the fundamental side but yeah. example we've we've now obviously got into earnings season uh just today of course or yesterday um we had a uh, meta platforms announced those yeah. earnings i know that that's actually one of the positions i've i've read the deal you you held at some point and has performed quite well yeah. for we uh how do you think about technical analysis definitely in terms of momentum and earnings because of course earnings is something that can kind of th- especially in latest you know the latest years we've seen like earnings really kind of Either really pump a stock or dump a stock, it really has a has a big effect. I mean, going from this earnings, is there anything you've done differently, or what goes into your into your head? Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's earnings is very tough, uh, especially for swing uh, swing trading and, and momentum, because as you said, uh, you know, like you uh, when you have like double digit move on a stock uh, overnight, uh, that that can really change your the the momentum profile. Of your um, uh, of some of your holdings, so so for me, like on the on my uh, let's say trading side, 
uh, as I said, so I use mostly the uh, the moving average. So, um, like usually, what I try to do on the earnings is two things. Like, so if uh, if I ever had the cases uh, with Netflix, for example, uh, in in January, uh, uh, if my if I had like already a good very good run uh, on the stock, uh, I usually like to take a bit off the table. This is what I've done with Netflix. Mm-hmm. Okay, after that, it blew. They, they had like an amazing quarter and the, the stock shoot up, but at least I felt comfortable going into the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the earnings. And, uh, and, uh, and now I'm just letting run until the, until my signal, let's say my trading signal I've built based on the moving average tells me that the momentum is uh, going out. So that's one proactive thing that I can sometimes do, uh, before earning. Now the the reality is, uh, and what that's what I was telling this week to my subscribers about the, you know, the five uh, large uh, tech stock that report uh, reported earnings. Earnings are un- unpredictable, you know, uh, and uh, and for me, like so, I I started this week owning all five of them basically, so Apple, Amazon, Meta, Microsoft, and Google. Um, I didn't take any preventive action going into this week. Uh, because I, I couldn't know which one will overperform, honestly. And if people are telling you they know, I think they're, they're not really serious, honestly. I mean, it's, it's very hard to, to predict that. So for me, <clears throat> for example, on those five, I didn't take any action. Uh, I knew that some, at least one will be selling off hardly. It was Google at the end. Uh, but I also knew that some will be going up. So for me, then on that part, it's more about risk management. So for example, on my portfolio uh, i usually don't uh, put more than five percent of my account in any stock so in a sense even if google is uh, selling off 10 percent uh after earnings for example uh i'm not risking a lot of my my portfolio right sure. so so that's uh yeah that's the kind of if i sort of summarize is like ensuring that i'm you know from a position standpoint i'm never putting too much in one uh, one stock and then, um, if I had already a good run, I mean, I'm I'm also sometimes taking off uh, the table some of my uh, my money, let's say. Yeah, of course. That's the pre. So yeah, yeah, that's for before earnings. So then after earnings, it really depends. So again, I'm I'm trying to be quantitative, data based uh, on my trading decisions. So if uh, yeah, if after you know a couple of days, the you know the the sell off continue, for example, in one stock, uh, then I will usually get a signal that uh, the momentum is uh, is getting over and I will exit mm-hmm. uh, and I will exit the position basically mm-hmm. yeah like like you said earnings can be very unpredictable especially uh, in terms of the short term moves that they can cause now I'm curious that I want to get into a little bit yeah. more how you kind of manage basically like short term positions and then I have long term positions as well yeah like first of all are they all like do you use the same system, let's say, for both, or like, would any fundamental analysis go into the long-term positions? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, so I have two. If we talk stocks, I have two portfolio. Indeed, I have one more short-term trading, and the other one that is more long-term. So the short-term is, uh, I mean, I'm using like a, a fixed list of, uh, let's say, twenty uh, big stocks. Mm-hmm. And they are pretty technical in the sense of I have my momentum, uh, my like kind of moving average signal is like a crossover basically uh, on the daily chart, and I get in, get out based on that. Uh, and as I explained before, if you know, sometimes I might take profit before if I'm feeling that I have too much on the table, 
or if a big earning report is coming and I, I'm not feeling super comfortable. So that on the trading part, it's uh, pretty uh, pretty technical. On the long term, so I would use again moving average, but on a, on the weekly chart. So it's like let's say longer time frame. Mm -hmm. And then from uh, your question on the fundamental data, for me, it's about uh, it's more first step the fundamental data in the long term investing. So I would, um, I mean, me, I would not feel comfortable based, based on my, uh, you know, my preferences, obviously. Uh, but uh, I found it hard to invest in a company just purely on fundamental data. Okay. Because the, for me, the risk on that is you end up overpaying, you know. Okay. Uh, so what I do, though, is I use the fundamental data really early on in my process to build my watch list. So I would uh, use that more as a ski as a um, screener. Okay. Uh, and we can go into detail of what I use. I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable to discuss that. Uh, but basically, yeah, I have different different uh, like kind of financial criteria that I use to filter stock, and then based on that, I build uh, yeah like a watch list of I don't know thirty to fifty stocks. And then step two, I would use technical data uh, to decide when I enter and when I exit on those stocks. And then I would you know update that watch list on a you know every three months or every six months uh, as uh, as you know stocks report earnings you have new sets of data new uh, potentially stocks that you know meet my criteria some that don't meet them anymore so and then I I, I continue like that mm -hmm. and long term positions for you would be anywhere from one two three years um, so it, it, it can be years, yes, uh, but as long as the as I'm still doing it from a momentum uh, lens, it's like as long as the momentum uh, is supporting, uh, I would uh, I would stay in a stock. But I'm also very comfortable in uh, exiting a stock after a couple of months if it's uh, if um, if the price action is not mm -hmm. what it needs to be, you know. Uh, and I think that's a big uh, for me. It's a big point on. Uh, um, if you want to succeed in that industry, uh, I don't think you can be stubborn. <laughs> honestly, you need to be quite flexible, and uh, yeah. and it's it's true on investing. It's even more true on trading. I'm very comfortable exiting a stock uh, uh, now, and for example, re-enter in uh, two weeks from now if condition has changed, and and I'm fine. I'm not taking it as I'm wrong. I'm just taking as information has changed and. And I go back into it. So, so yeah. So then, the long-term investing, obviously, the time frame is way longer. Uh, and uh, and actually, the longer, the more successful you are usually in uh, in those positions because it means that your thesis is working and the price action works. But again, uh, if something changes, I will cut it and I will not uh, hold on to it because ultimately, my entry and exit are all technical based. So. Right, exactly. I wanted to talk a little bit more about, you mentioned exiting the stock yeah. times. Probably one of the big challenges I think a lot of people often think about entering a stock that maybe don't have such a plan with exit. Yeah. What exactly uh, are you looking at when you're exiting? Some kind of a uh, indicator in particular, like a, a crossover, divergence? Yeah. What exactly is it that kind of makes you pull the trigger? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a very good question, actually. And it's the same for the uh, entry, but uh, in my case. I look at crossovers so usually. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm basically, as I said before, I'm using two. Uh, I would typically use two moving average on a mm -hmm. given time frame if we make it simple. Mm -hmm. And uh, so one shorter uh, average and one longer. So for example, nine and twenty-one, as I was saying before. 
And so when the nine cross over the 2021, 20, uh, I, I would buy. And then when the nine crossed um, below the, the 21, I would sell. So that's on the, let's say, the paper, uh, how the strategy works. Uh, on top of that, I, you know, I'm, I'm also looking overall at the chart. So, f- for example, is there any big price level that I think could uh, be huge resistance? So if we look now, for example, at the S&P 500, um, like regardless of what my signal might tell me, I think that the level 5,000 will be quite a big resistance. Mm-hmm. So that could be one that trigger me to like, maybe I would exit partially, uh, you know, uh, some of my holdings on there uh, once we reach that. If I see a bit of slowing down, uh, if I see that we struggle to to pass that resistance. So, but mm-hmm. the the main one is really the crossover um, for 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 in my in my case. So that's on the let's say swing trade and long term investing on the uh, on the momentum peak. So the one that I started with, uh, not to make it too complicated, but. So on that one is like one stock per week. So and this one I built very simple uh, selling rules actually. So I I just I buy on Monday and I sell by by the Friday. Uh, or if my stop loss and profit target has been hit. So as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, my advice on this because selling is really is really the most difficult part in uh, in my opinion in the in in this in this job actually. Uh, and again we spend a lot of time talking about what to buy and you know you see everybody you know making recommendation about this this should mm-hmm. buy this should buy that but actually the profit I made when you sell and and this is really the hardest part uh, and again for me links back to those two basic emotion uh, that drives everything which is fear and greed and that that's what will make you you know uh, lose money uh, or not make as much as you could and so on. So for me, uh, what I try to do is build a system around that prevents me to fall under those two emotions. So being the crossover of moving average or simple rule like I buy Monday, I sell Friday or stop loss and profit target. Whatever it is, you see this is just more to, to have some rule uh, established so that I I don't leave that decision just to my feeling of the moment uh, uh, all the day, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, then I'll come to where you are talking about a particular stock, but for example, Meta then, up yeah. 15% post earnings. Is that time to take some profit on that one, for example? I will, honestly, I will not. Uh, on the trading part, I will not. I will, uh, I own it just on my trading portfolio, but uh, I will not. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, honestly, the momentum right now is quite uh, good. I mean, so, so I, I don't see any reason to uh, to 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 take profit uh, on uh, on that one, and I I will just let it run until uh, until it uh, yeah it's uh, until it reverses uh, partially, let's say. But this is a, I mean it's a more short term investment for for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, what I do uh, for in the uh, in the in the newsletter is that. Um, for each of those uh, 20 stocks that I cover for the trading, I, I look at how healthy is the trend uh, of each of those stocks. And uh, and 
while I don't take decisions directly uh, based on that, it helps me to understand, okay, should I worry about it? Should I watch it a little bit more closely or I just let it go? And, and for me, like the Meta, uh, NVIDIA or uh, Amazon, all those ones, I mean, for me, they fall in the part of like, I'm, I'm just happy to run the trend while it lasts. And uh, and when I start seeing the first sign of uh, slowing down, I will uh, I will maybe take off some of from the table, honestly. Yeah, that that that's also makes a lot of sense. Now, in uh, now you've also talked about basically having like a, a system, an algorithm. Is that yeah. something that like you literally have in place? Like you have a software where you're like basically executing this this algorithm kind of automatically to an extent that's giving you the signals. Um, so it's uh, yeah no it's not at yet that level it's uh, it's it's a semi manual so it's a more like a, a model uh, you know that that basically collect different data and uh, and then have different weight against those criteria and based on that create a score let's say mm-hmm. um, so if you if you look of my weekly trading article so I I share actually that algo score. Mm-hmm. Uh, because based on the you know the the number of the score, it's you know it it has like more chance or more likelihood to be a, to be a good week, let's say. Right. But it's mo- mostly manual at this stage. So I could uh, I've been in t- in discussion with some company to try to automate, but it was a little bit difficult because it's uh, uh, you know it's like um, quantitative data as I, I was explaining originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it was a little bit difficult, so I kind of uh, park that for for now. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've been uh, what I've been doing recently is actually using that uh, algorithm on a daily basis mm-hmm. instead of weekly. Uh, and uh, yeah, the results are not bad actually. So I, but for me to go that route, indeed, I would be like looking into automate and and uh, and why not having also like a trading bot executing based on that uh, that algorithm. So that would be more a long-term development, this one. Mm-hmm. So in terms of actually trading, what kind of uh, software do you usually use or what kind of tools are you are you using on a regular basis? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, TrendSpider, I'm using a lot uh, for mostly backtesting. So like all that we discussed before about like, you know, choosing what's the right... Uh, Indicator or moving average to use at what time time frame? So I I did that all on TrendSpider, mm-hmm. uh, and it's quite yeah, yeah it's quite awesome honestly. Uh, and uh, and then I use it on a daily basis as well to um, you know as as I'm managing that short term portfolio and long term portfolio. So I, I I have my watch list built in there, and I can check you know which stock are I have to buy or which stock I have to sell basically. So that's uh, that's one I use a lot. Uh, Trading View as well for um, for the charts mostly. I, I like uh, I like how the chart looks on uh, on uh, on Trading View and you know checking as I said you know as I when I have to assess a bit how healthy is the momentum trade on a given stock. Uh, I, I usually use uh, Trading View. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is uh, Finviz. Uh, this is more for data and screening, basically. So, um, uh, yeah, as we talked on, for example, long-term investing, uh, building my screening uh, tool for, you know, uh, to build my watch list, I would typically use data from Finviz. I also use Finviz a lot for my weekly market recap that I 
that I sent every Friday after the close uh, to analyze what happened in the week. So most of the data also come from uh, from there, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I also use TradingView and is also a great source of information. I haven't quite got into uh, TrendSpider, but I'm definitely going to check it out after yeah. talking to you and um, to Gary last week. Yeah. Um, so in terms of actually executing uh, the uh, your trades, is it yeah. pretty much straight up stock buying? Do you ever use options or, or something like that? Uh, so from uh, what I what I write, uh, let's say from the newsletter, is uh, stocks and ETF mm -hmm. uh, and a bit of crypto. Uh, from my personal, uh, I trade a lot of options. I just don't feel comfortable sharing it, uh, you know, with the public, honestly, because uh, options are very complicated, and uh, and if you don't do it well, you can lose uh, quite a lot, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah. I, a lot, most of my recommendation, I actually end up training them with uh, with option myself. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Interesting. So, and then, would your strategy ever involve shorting? Um, so interesting one, because I got actually a subscriber who asked me about that just this week. Um, I do not, honestly. Uh, I found from my personal experience that it's hard to to be successful shorting uh, because typically short are like, I mean, when the market turns bearish, it's quite, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it's quite fast, you know, uh, the, the the loss are quite going down quite fast and the reversal are quite sharp also. Uh, if you think about what happened in October or this year, uh, you know, uh, that for example, basically from one day to another, the, mar the market completely shift uh, from uh, bear to to bullish and uh, and then since then it's been just going up i mean i found it very hard to make money in the uh, shorting stock um and so my view me is like i prefer either to stay in cash or uh, or i see that is my job actually to find what are the stocks that would work well in a in a in a bearish uh, market actually so so i would rather use that body on finding other longs then the shorting. I don't know what's your your feeling you on your on on shorting, but I found it really hard to to be successful at it. Yeah, I mean, like you say, a of course it's a it's a little more complicated. Like you're starting the action, and basically, I I guess to an extent, you're playing against the. I mean, the overall trend is kind of exactly. up. There's a, there's a kind of upward bias, which is always yeah. going to be helping you on the on the long side. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I mean, the market the markets are going uh, long. Uh, in the very long time frame, markets are going up, right? So you you totally right to say by shorting, by definition, you go against the you know underlying wave. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like nine thousand tickers in the U.S. market only. So I'm I'm sure you can find some that will work in a, in a, in the bearish condition. I'll give you an example in 2022 uh, during the bear market. Actually, I by uh, like momentum peak worked quite well i did like plus 13 percent over the year mm -hmm. uh, versus the market at minus 24 and it's just because i the algo rightly picked the right sector or segment let's say of the market so where was the momentum so which was oil for the most first half of 2022 and then healthcare uh, stock in the second uh, half of the year mm -hmm. so you see i think they Again, it's for me from my style of investing. You know, 
all about strength and momentum. I see my job is more trying to find where are those pockets of uh, of momentum in a given market condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And quite an effective strategy, I see, certainly at some points. Now, do you ever look at maybe the bigger picture at all? Because obviously you talk, for example, today about the Fed. Obviously, uh, not doing that rate cut early on. Obviously, you track this to an extent. Is it something you implement at all? Um, in your trading or something you you give a, a little bit of thought or yeah so uh, um, the, the way I approach these things is uh, still again here is through through momentum and uh, uh, if you look at the, the you know I have a weekly market recap where I cover like you know earning data market sentiment uh, you know economic report and so on and for me I see through this through the momentum like so if you think about the sentiment uh, like investor sentiment, I would look at okay, how is the 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 you know past twelve weeks sentiment evolving, and are we seeing a momentum towards more positive sentiment or more bearish, and so on. And, and same thing on the earning data, like our analysts, uh, you know, raising their raising their uh, their estimate, for example, uh, are companies beating uh, forecast more often than not. You know, so I I always try to look. From a quantitative and uh, and uh, let's say momentum approach. Uh, now, if does it impact directly my uh, decision to buy or sell? Uh, I'll be transparent. No, like uh, because I mostly look at the price action uh, to do that. But what it can impact is, for example, how much risk I'm willing to take. You know, uh, this uh, this clearly can play a role. You know. Uh, so, for example, for me, one thing that I see is uh, that I expect, let's say, is uh, I think we'll see a bigger pullback at some time, at some point this year in the market. Uh, and I'm not an economist, but I feel that, for example, the the expectation of the market in terms of how many uh, interest rate uh, you know cut we get this year and so on are, are are not in the right place. So, and I think this is gonna drive a sell-off at some point so while i will not take a decision now based on that it's definitely something that i keep in mind as i uh, maybe start taking profit on some of my position or or if i see momentum slowing down i might uh, you know take some preventive action to exit some of the weaker position in my portfolio for example that that could be something i do but ultimately i let you know data and price action drive uh, the decision I make uh, in terms of trading, because otherwise you get back to you know, for me, uh, you get back to like taking decision based on emotion mm-hmm. and the noise you hear outside, right? Honestly, yeah. if you hear the noise right now, it would be hard to invest any money. Honestly, if you hear, you know, what people are talking around. I mean, in the media, between the wars, uh, <laughs> the Fed, the Fed is not supportive, and the valuation are too high, and the stocks are at all time high. I mean, it's kind of hard to be. Uh, to be bull, to be a bull, if we, when you hear all this, I mean negativity, honestly. Yeah, that's that's true, absolutely, and obviously something I've noted as a content creator as well. Obviously, the the bad news tends to tends to set, sell quite quite well. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, 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 and you know, and he, this is why I said, like, I mean, it's like it's very easy to get uh, influenced by that, you know. So, so for me, my job is knowing that I'm I, I really need to build like some kind of system around me. To prevent me to to be influenced by 
by the negativity. But at the same time, if uh, the data, you know, from my, you know, the data I follow is telling me that I should sell, I will sell and uh, and turn uh, and turn bearish, uh, you know, one day from the other, and I'm be fine with that, you know. And uh, what I see often uh, in social media and uh, and around is, you know, people are a bit stubborn in their in their view, you know, like they say, ah, I'm I'm inventing, but like ah, I'm bullish on this. And they will stay bullish just because they are, they said it in a sense and they don't want to admit that uh, things have changed, you know? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm totally fine to say, like, for me, right now, I'm, I'm quite more, if you look, read the newsletter, I'm quite bullish, let's say, mm-hmm. from a market standpoint. Uh, and, and I've been, like, uh, for the past 12 months, like, uh, you know, since last year, I've been saying that the the index will do, uh, will post a new all-time high. Uh, but, I was bearish most of the 2022 year. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not a perma bull or perma bear. Let's say I'll, I'll just let the data guide my decision on this. Right, of course. So like you say, you've got to be able to to adapt to the situation. I heard a quote recently. I'm probably misquoting it, but it was something like, "Bears sound intelligent, but bulls make money." Exactly. Which yeah. was quite quite accurate. Yeah. So. You did br- very briefly mention uh, Bitcoin, so I wanted to get into that a little bit. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on cryptocurrency? Do you hold any for the long term? Is it something you ever think about trading? Yeah, uh, both. Uh, yes, <laughs> simple answer. So, so again, on this one, I like. I'll be honest. I don't have like a, a big uh, theory view on uh, you know the role of Bitcoin or. Or like strong opinion about is it going to save the system or not? I'm a, I approach this like as an investment, uh, and I I look at the price action. So I'll I'll be free honest with that. Um, so for me, I hold the uh, I hold on long term uh, Bitcoin, and again, it's purely based on uh, you know technical analysis and price action. I mean, so uh, and. Uh, and again, you know, I talked about the perma bull. I'm not uh, like uh, I'm not gonna hold uh, Bitcoin forever just uh, just for some because it's something that I, <laughs> you know, that from a more like theory uh, point of view, I want to hold. So right now I have it because I like the I like the long term trend of uh, of Bitcoin. Uh, I've been also trading it short term. Uh, uh, on my show, on my trading portfolio, let's say, and again, it's just uh, based on uh, on the technical indicators. So I I entered in uh, in October, I exited a bit after the ETF uh, sell off, uh, and now I'm back in. Actually, uh, as we we seem that we try to find the second breath after the the ETF. Uh, uh, a shit show, let's say. So, but yeah, I I, I, hold, I hold no emotion on that. Is I just see that uh, it's something that uh, works well on uh, on using trend to make decision. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So holding some Bitcoin, but not necessarily because you think you're gonna be uh, using it at the shops in a few years. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it might happen, but I I'm not thinking that I'm not investing because I believe it, this will happen or not. You see what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah. Sorry, what about something like the uh, crypto mining stocks? Because those definitely lend themselves to uh, to trading. Obviously, there's a yeah. big moves in those. Have you ever played around with those? 
Uh, yeah, I played uh, quite a few because, you know, I'm, uh, as uh, we talked before, I do a lot of option trading uh, on my side. And uh, at least from Europe, it was uh, almost impossible to do that on Bitcoin, right? So so was I used Mara, for example, as a, as a, um, as a proxy of uh, Bitcoin to trade option, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I don't know with the ETF how the dynamic will change. Uh, they will probably also at some point introduce option on the on the ETF. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, so I don't know if I, w- I will probably just go with the, directly with the Bitcoin than the Mara. So for me, I always saw it more as a as a proxy uh, to to Bitcoin versus like really having an interest in uh, investing in the in the miners. Yeah, absolutely. What about any any altcoins at all, or you know? Um, no, uh, I'm not not at this stage. I'm in a bit of Ethereum uh, ETH, but I yeah, it's quite established uh, established now. Mm-hmm. Um, on the altcoin, I'm actually I'm recently I've been thinking into you know looking to reapply some of the strategy I'm doing on stocks to to crypto. So, for example, maybe take uh, you know a list of the ten. Or mm. 10 or 15 crypto and see um, you know to apply this kind of moving average or or trend uh, model and uh, and start trading it so that's something that I could do uh, that I could do in the future if I have uh, a bit more capacity mm-hmm. uh, what what I've noticed at least on Bitcoin and uh, ETH is that uh, actually the moving average works quite well on that because they, they have quite clean trend uh, uh, usually, <laughs> uh, so that they are not the bad, the worst uh, to trade, honestly. Uh, so the only watch out on uh, on crypto overall is the volatility. Uh, yeah, and for me the other thing, so it's volatility, and the other thing is diversification. Uh, I tend to see that uh, I mean they they kind of work together, honestly. Uh, like if Bitcoin have a huge huge sell off. I mean, most of the case, it will uh, also impact the other altcoins. So, so if you, for example, manage a crypto-only portfolio, I, you know, you get a lot of volatility and not a lot of diversification, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Versus, uh, for example, what I'm doing now on the stocks. So, you know, I have like 20 stocks, and it covers like tech, uh, uh, banks, oil, healthcare. Uh, consumer cyclical uh, and so on. So I found that I'm always kind of having, you know, one of the group performing well and helping me from a diversification standpoint. You see what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely agree with diversification. I'm a big crypto guy, but of course, yeah, you can't just put everything into crypto because uh, yeah. you might you might wake up one day and have a heart attack, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, but then, I mean, as a small allocation to a portfolio, like so on my trading portfolio, so I have like 25 tickers in total, including Bitcoin and ETH. And, uh, you know, like even putting 5% uh, uh, of your portfolio, as I said, in, uh, in Bitcoin, when the conditions are right, uh, I mean, it's, it still can deliver a good, uh, you know, a good alpha for, for your portfolio. And... Uh, um, it's definitely something that uh, I think uh, has value for me in uh, in the trading. In uh, again, uh, yes, it's more volatile, but uh, you're just allocating five to ten percent of your portfolio, so uh, the risk is also minimized from that standpoint. Uh, but you can get big reward. I mean, uh, 
Again, on that example, I did a 40% uh, gain on Bitcoin uh, over three months. So, I mean, it's 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 quite uh, you know quite some some impact on the on the portfolio performance. Absolutely. And you know, once once the nukes start going off, you'll you'll be able to buy some bullets or something. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you're obviously very knowledgeable. For anyone who's listening to this and kind yes. of trying to think, oh yeah, I really want to start doing some more trading and stuff. Where is a good place for someone to get started? What kind of resources would you recommend to someone? Um, it's always uh, yeah, but in terms of book, you mean or yeah, any well, any book or just vid- videos. I mean, anything really, anything. Yeah, I think for, like. like uh, me, I did a lot of reflection first, honestly, before. Uh, I mean, I followed a lot of people, uh, you know, content creator, other newsletter. Uh, I've been, you know, f- subscribed to many services and Substack, um, um, Seeking Alpha, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. For me, the first thing you, to people, I would say, like, before jumping into, you know, uh, reading books or following people is uh, have some reflection on, like, what type of trader or investor you want to be and, and how. How are you going to fit that into your your lifestyle? Uh, so me, I have a I have a full day job uh, on the side, and uh, and also spending quite some time writing the newsletter, right, mm-hmm. and managing the the page. So I I don't want to be stuck in front of my screen uh, trading. Uh, and first, I don't have the time, and second, I really don't want to do that. Uh, so for me, like so. As I was looking around, is like finding something that can fit my my preference. So I, uh, I like I want something that I I have like a couple of trades to do per week, uh, that I can do. You know, that I don't need to be glued to my phone or my or my screen. That's one. The second one is uh, I'm personally not the most passionate person. Person, let's say. So uh, and that's why I went through the momentum part because the good part of the momentum is usually the results comes quite fast or they don't come at all you see what i mean so uh like for example if i if i look at like a value investor uh it takes like a very patient uh type of mentality to be a value investor because you're identifying stocks that are undervalued and uh, they might stay undervalued for years and then when finally the market agrees with your with your thesis, you will make a lot of money. I mean, this doesn't fit with my personality. I, I would never have that passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's very sage advice. Like you say, kind of understand what you're trying to uh, get from trading. And I agree with you. When I when I first started off, you know, I had this idea of being a day trader. And eventually, yeah. I thought, look, I don't want to spend like eight hours a day staring at chart. Yeah. No, I'd <laughs> yeah, exactly. much rather you know be be writing or or you know doing doing something else. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly, and. Uh, uh, you know, and there's so many of those elements that you need to study for yourself, and and this no, no content creator or no market strategist can tell you for you. Only you, you know that. But uh, you know, like, what's your tolerance to risk? On paper, we are we always have more tolerance than in reality, honestly. <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's the lesson, you know, and uh, and that that those things will define a lot of uh, how you trade. You know, for example, the fact that I have like uh, you know. I manage like let's say twenty position in a trading portfolio. I mean, yeah, it's on one end it's a lot of position. On the other end, it helped me from a volatility standpoint because on a given day, um, you know, the portfolio will move. Uh, let's say from 
usually minus plus minus one percent uh, on a given day because you know twenty position some are up some are down right and this is more manageable based on my tolerance to risk uh, on this if you have a higher tolerance uh, uh, you know maybe you 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 will do differently but this is why like I'm for me it's like um you know resources people can find easily resources online. But for me, it's more do some reflection on like what what would work for you and what what are your priority, uh, and and this kind of uh, this kind of question. I, I yeah, like for me, I've you know I'm, I don't think my approach is the the only one or the best or and so on. But that's the one that works for me based on uh, my style of trading, my priority in life, uh, the time I can allocate to it, and so on. Absolutely, like you said. Fitting in, fitting in the trading, plus investing in well into your broader life. Because at the end of the day, you know, people also have to balance. I mean, there's there's a lot more to life, right? Oh yeah, well, at least right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with me today. Now, before we log off, uh, please let everyone know where they can find you on the internet. Um, so um, I have the newsletter on Substack. Uh, so it's my weekly stock. Uh, on Substack, and then is uh, I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, uh, same thing. My weekly stock, mm-hmm. um, and so I post a lot of uh, analysis during the uh, during the week, and then on the on the newsletter, it's yeah usually two articles per week, uh, one recap on the on the Saturday, and then the, on, on Monday the trading update. Also, well, of course, links will be on the description. Highly encourage everyone to go check that out. Once again, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. It's really enjoyable, and hope we can do this again sometime. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, it was a real pleasure. And uh, I hope uh, yeah, it was uh, helpful for for your uh, for the people listening. And uh, and thank you for for suggesting this. Absolutely. All right. Bye bye, everyone. Bye bye. Thank you.